Was he wrong? Hello there, this is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and I'm coming to you from Riverside, California. Podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. The show notes page for today, if you'd like to comment on the show, is lifespringmedia.com s12e103. And you can always email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com. After my comments today, I'll be sharing a brand new Christmas song that was just released yesterday, or today as I'm recording this. Today our reading is Mark 9 and 10, and I'm calling the episode, There Was No Mistake. Let's get to it. Mark chapter 9. I can assure you that some of the people standing here will not die before they see God's kingdom come with power. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him. They went up on a high mountain where they could be alone. There, in front of the disciples, Jesus was completely changed, and his clothes became much whiter than any bleach on earth could make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Teacher, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But Peter and the others were terribly frightened, and he did not know what he was talking about. The shadow of the cloud passed over and covered them. From the cloud a voice said, This is my son, and I love him. Listen to what he says. At once the disciples looked around, but they saw only Jesus. As Jesus and his disciples were coming down the mountain, he told them not to say a word about what they had seen until the Son of Man had been raised from death. So they kept it to themselves, but they wondered what he had meant by the words raised from death. The disciples asked Jesus, Don't the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come before the Messiah does? Jesus answered, Elijah certainly will come to get everything ready. But don't the scriptures also say that the Son of Man must suffer terribly and be rejected? I can assure you that Elijah has already come, and people treated him just as they wanted to, as the scriptures said they would. When Jesus and his three disciples came back down, they saw a large crowd around the other disciples. The teachers of the law of Moses were arguing with them. The crowd was really surprised to see Jesus, and everyone hurried over to greet him. Jesus asked, What are you arguing about? Someone from the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son to you. A demon keeps him from talking. Whenever the demon attacks my son, it throws him to the ground and makes him foam at the mouth and grit his teeth in pain. Then he becomes stiff. I asked your disciples to force out the demon, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said, You people don't have any faith. How much longer must I be with you? Why do I have to put up with you? Bring the boy to me. They brought the boy, and as soon as the demon saw Jesus, it made the boy shake all over. He fell down and began rolling on the ground and foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? The man answered, Ever since he was a child. The demon has often tried to kill him by throwing him into a fire or into water. Please have pity and help us if you can. Jesus replied, Why do you say if you can? Anything is possible for someone who has faith. At once the boy's father shouted, I do have faith. Please help me to have even more. When Jesus saw that a crowd was gathering fast, he spoke sternly to the evil spirit that had kept the boy from speaking or hearing. He said, I order you to come out of the boy. Don't ever bother him again. 
The spirit screamed and made the boy shake all over. Then it went out of him. The boy looked dead, and almost everyone said he was. But Jesus took hold of his hand and helped him to stand up. After Jesus and the disciples had gone back home and were alone, they asked him, Why couldn't we force out that demon? Jesus answered, Only prayer can force out this kind of demon. Jesus left with his disciples and started through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know about it, because he was teaching the disciples that the Son of Man would be handed over to people who would kill him, but three days later he would rise to life. The disciples did not understand what Jesus meant, and they were afraid to ask. Jesus and his disciples went to his home in Capernaum. After they were inside the house, Jesus asked them, What were you arguing about along the way? They had been arguing about which one of them was the greatest, and so they did not answer. After Jesus sat down and told the twelve disciples to gather around him, he said, If you want the place of honor, you must become a slave and serve others. Then Jesus asked a child to stand near him. He put his arm around the child and said, When you welcome even a child because of me, you welcome me. And when you welcome me, you welcome the one who sent me. Teacher, we saw a man using your name to force demons out of people, but he wasn't one of us, and we told him to stop. Jesus said to his disciples, Don't stop him. No one who works miracles in my name will soon turn and say something bad about me. Anyone who isn't against us is for us, and anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name just because you belong to me will surely be rewarded. It will be terrible for people who cause even one of my little followers to sin. Those people would be better off thrown into the ocean with a heavy stone tied around their necks. So if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. You would be better off to go into life paralyzed than to have two hands and be thrown into the fires of hell that never go out. If your foot causes you to sin, chop it off. It would be better off to go into life lame than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. If your eye causes you to sin, get rid of it. You'd be better off to go into God's kingdom with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. The worms there never die, and the fire never stops burning. Everyone must be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it no longer tastes like salt, how can it be made salty again? Have salt among you and live at peace with each other. Mark chapter 10 Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Again, crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? he replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, 
for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up, We have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. They were on their way to Jerusalem, with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We're going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later he will rise. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, 
were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Today in verse 1 of chapter 9, Jesus said, I can assure you that some of the people standing here will not die before they see God's kingdom come with power. So what do you suppose Jesus was talking about here? Was he talking about his second coming? Was he talking about the rapture? If so, then was he wrong? This seems to be one of those difficult passages that we hear about once in a while, doesn't it? Well, let's ask ourselves whether Jesus was ever wrong, or if he was even capable of being wrong. What do we believe about him? Is Jesus God? Yeah. Well, if he's God, then one of the attributes of God is omniscience, which means all-knowing. So, was he wrong? He can't be. Well, if he wasn't wrong, then what does that leave us with? After all, the disciples died before Jesus' second coming or the rapture, right? Well, as always, it's important to look at what? Yeah, the context. We need to look at the verses before and after this verse. So, this was verse 1 of chapter 9. What did it say at the end of chapter 8? Well, at the end of chapter 8, Jesus talked about his suffering and death and the fact that he would come back, quote, in the glory of his Father with the holy angels, unquote. Now, back to our chapter today, chapter 9. In the verses immediately after he makes the statement that we're trying to figure out, we read that six days after he spoke these words, he took Peter, James, and John up on a high mountain, and, quote, there in front of the disciples, Jesus was completely changed, and his clothes became much whiter than any bleach on earth could make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and were talking with Jesus, unquote. And then dropping down a few verses, we read, quote, The shadow of a cloud passed over and covered them. From the cloud a voice said, This is my son, and I love him. Listen to what he says. Unquote. So, I guess these three disciples did see a glimpse of God's kingdom coming with power. They saw Jesus in his glory, and they heard the voice of God the Father proclaiming that Jesus is his son and must be listened to. This experience was important for these three key disciples. They saw Jesus in his heavenly glory, and they heard the voice of God the Father. It gave them a deeper understanding of the deity of Jesus. Up until then, they'd only seen him as a man. Now they knew him as God. Over at gotquestions.org, they wrote, The disciples never forgot what happened that day on the mountain, and no doubt this was intended. John wrote in his gospel, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, in John 1.14. And Peter also wrote of it. He wrote, We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. 
For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. That was 2 Peter 1, 16-18. GodQuestions.org continues. Those who witnessed the transfiguration bore witness to it, to the other disciples, and to countless millions down through the centuries. So when Jesus said, I can assure you that some of the people standing here will not die before they see God's kingdom come with power, he wasn't wrong, was he? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Leave a comment at lifespringmedia.com S12E103. Tomorrow we'll read 1 Corinthians 13 and 14. Boost! On this date in church history, December 11th, 1792, Joseph Moore was born. He was a German Catholic priest, and he wrote the Christmas poem Stille Nacht, or Silent Night, which was set to music by church organist Franz Gruber, who we talked about just a few days ago, November 25th, on the birthday of Franz Gruber, the one who wrote the music. Just a reminder, if you're planning on ordering my book, Webb's Easy Bible Names Pronunciation Guide, as a gift for someone, you want to order that right away if you want to get it in time for Christmas. Of course, that only applies to the softcover edition. The PDF and MP3 versions are downloadable products that you can uh, download as soon as you make your purchase. But remember to use discount code PODCAST when you check out to get your 25% off since you're one of the LifeSpring family. Where do you order it? Go to BibleNames.link. You can order from Amazon, but you won't get the discount. BibleNames.link Beloved, we need to pray for the husband of one of the lovely Lady Leanne's cousins. His name is Jim, and he's in the hospital with pneumonia. He does have some other health conditions, so this could be serious. So let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a healing God. We know that it only takes your touch or just a word from you to heal. So we do ask now, Lord, that you would heal Jim. Restore his strength, Lord. He's very much needed at home, and we ask that you would allow that to happen in Jesus' name. You are the God that we rely on and trust. You've always shown to be faithful and unchanging. You are holy, and we thank you for calling us to be yours. I pray for the LifeSpring family, Lord. Be with each one today. Bless them and strengthen them, because we want to be closer to you today than we were yesterday. Help us to grow ever more like Jesus. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can send in prayer requests and praises at prayer.lifespringmedia.com. I discovered Wendell Kimbrew just last year on YouTube while I was looking for quality renditions of old hymns. Wendell is a talented musician, and he was good enough to let me use his version of How Firm a Foundation on Lifespring Hymn Stories. I'll have a link to that episode on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com s12e103. So I got an email from Wendell today announcing the release of a brand new song. Here's what he said. I wrote this song in 2014, and it's been an Advent favorite at my congregation and several others since then. 
but when I dreamed of re-recording it, I got excited about the idea of having a female vocalist sing the lead. After all, it is Mary's song, and Mary's song is the name of this song. Wendell continues, he says, Wow, when I heard Latifa Alata's first take, it was like hearing the song for the first time. I hope this recording blesses and draws you into praise the way it has me. Truly, the Savior Mary knows and sings of is worthy of our worship. As you move through this Advent season, I pray God is meeting you in your pain and longing for a better world, a renewed creation, and the return of our King. That was from Wendell Kimbrew, the writer of this song. And as I said, the name of the song is Mary's Song, our King of Praise featuring page 116, which is the name of Latifa Alata's band. Of course, I'll link to this song on the show notes page as well. So until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being here. I'm Steve Webb. I hope you enjoy this new music. Bye. My soul magnifies the Lord My spirit rejoices in God My Savior has seen His servant in need And behold the great things He has done He scatters the proud and rich He lifts up the humble and weak The kings of the earth He casts from their thrones And the hungry He welcomes to feast Oh, behold, my Savior has come, and my soul will tell of His praise. For He who is strong has come to the weak, and at last He will reign as our King of Oh